Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message.
In the book of Luke, chapter 15, another very familiar story that I think that every person needs to hear all the time or be reminded of, but especially right now in this day and age, because many people think that God is so far out of reach that he's not even mindful of us, and that couldn't be uh, any farther from the truth, because the Bible says that not only is he mindful of us, but he's a very present help in our time of need. So he's not on vacation. He's not missing in action. And in this story today, it talks about another father that we can see a lot of our heavenly father in this story. We can see a lot of Jesus Christ in it. And I want to read it to you. And you can follow with me uh, on the screen or in your Bible, preferably, or uh, on a device. But we're going to go to verse 11. And this is Jesus uh, talking to, of all people, tax collectors and sinners. And let me tell you while you're looking that Jesus never, ever did what a lot of preachers do and a lot of uh, Christians do. Jesus never changed his mission or his message based on his audience. He didn't try to clean it up and make it, make it politically correct, but he was the same yesterday, today, and forever with his message. He never stopped. He never stopped. And so that chapter starts out by saying that as the tax collectors and sinners drew near, he started talking to them in parables. For those of you that don't know what a parable is, it's just an earthly story with a spiritual or heavenly meaning. And then in verse 11, he begins another parable that goes like this. It says, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. 
And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and despair, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again and he was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now you've got to listen today because... But like last week, somewhere in this whole story, every single one of you fit right in. You fit in the father's seat. And at some point, everybody is in the seat of the son. But all of this, this parable started out by telling us about a wheel. The father had a wheel made out, and he already had it calculated and figured out what would go to the older son, which you read about in the remainder of this chapter, and what would go to the younger son. And you know kind of a play on words? When the younger son came to his father about his portion of the wheel, that's when the younger son fell asleep at the wheel. What do you mean by that? I don't mean he fell asleep behind a steering wheel. He fell asleep at, at the wheel. In other words, when the father gave him his portion of his inheritance, there's a lot could be said here. What about the father? How does that make him feel? I'm not even dead yet. And, and, and you're wanting death money so to speak, but we, we, that's a different message, but the moment that this young man got his mind on the wheel, he fell asleep, and we know that because the Bible tells us he did, and this is what happens to a lot of us, believers, I'll say, we get our mind on stuff, 
we get our mind on things, we get our mind on money, and you all know I'm telling you the truth. We certainly get our mind on presents and money and revenue and uh, gifts and all kinds of deals, man. We get our mind on everything that pertains to the God of this world, which is money. And why, why, why do you say that? Because the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all, A-L-L, all evil, all evil. And so this younger son here, he got his mind on that will and on that money. And there's three things that happen as a result of him falling asleep at the will that you and I, we better pay attention to right now. And the first thing was that his wanting overpowered waiting. Just waiting until his father passed and showing his, his, his father proper respect, honor your father and mother that your days are long. He got tired of waiting, and so his wanting outweighed the waiting. And you know what? The Bible tells us that, you know, if we wait upon the Lord, we shall mount up with wings. We shall run and not be weary. We shall walk and not faint if we just wait on the Lord. And a lot of times your want gets in the way of waiting. And so you go ahead outside of the Father's will and you try to produce it or fix it or work it out all your own. And many people do this. And when that takes place, calamity, or, or the next thing we talk about right now, is what takes place. It's just like saying, I want it now. God, I can't wait on you. I've given you, a, I've given you a set amount of time to work this out and to answer me, and I haven't heard nary words from you. You haven't budged. I haven't seen a sign. You haven't done one thing, Lord, and here I am. I'm at the end of the road. Do you know a lot of times God does not work even at the end of the road, church? He waits till there is no road. There's nothing but a cliff. Uh, for example, again, Lazarus. That road was three days past, four days past. He was dead and he stunk. But Jesus still did the unthinkable. Amen? He spoke life into uh, lifelessness. He did that. And this is what we've got to watch out for because as we get closer to the sound of the trumpet, there's going to be more of a pulling, and it's like a magnet, a, a, a drawing just to have it. Man, it's a deal. I couldn't pass it up, but you didn't need it. And what it is, not that it's sin, but over time you have to watch out because you are, you are being conditioned by the world and the powers that be. And you're also being conditioned by Satan through the things of this world. You got to watch out. You got to watch out. And you better not cry. Just wait. Just wait on the Lord. You'll get it. All good things come to those that wait. And if you don't wait, the next thing that happens, you will find out. 
that sin always, always will generate severe famine in your life. That's what happened to this young man. He went and spent it all that he had to have right now. He didn't <clears throat> have any assets. He didn't take it. And the Bible says he didn't invest it and do what Jesus had already taught about talents and making something so you can do more for his name in the kingdom. But no, he didn't do it. He spent it on harlots and riotous living. He just, he just blew it. You know about blowing money. That's what he did. It had ends uh, whatsoever to anything eternal. He just wanted to live. I want it now so I can enjoy it now today. You've got to watch out for this as well because anytime you give in to sin at any level with any type of mask on, when you give in to sin, it's, it's sin is death. Those doors last week, they all represented death, if you remember. And you have to watch out because sin always, sin comes in the form of greed, it comes in the form of lust, it comes in the form of pride, the doors, it comes in the form of flesh, of arrogance. All these things is how sin presents itself. But sin always generates famine in your life. And eventually, like this young man, what is working right now, oh, I'm having a good time. I got a lot of friends. My needs are being met. I'm enjoying this. Everybody likes me. Everybody knows me. Look at what I can go out and buy. Or look at who I can talk to and hang with. Look at what I can be known for. Look, look, I'm enjoying this. I almost feel like a free bird. This is good stuff, but you are being set up, and you're walking into a land of famine that you just haven't met yet. And I can tell you this for a fact, because I can go down the list. And I've, I've called a few names out before, but you can go through Robin Williams, and you can go Kate Spade if we're talking about Fame and fortune. You can talk. We can talk about uh, some sports icons that had it all, achievements, and they had money and all this. But they took their own lives. Why? Because sin generates a famine. I don't care how much money's in the bank, or how many times your name is on the headline, or how many friends you have, or friend requests that you accumulate and build up. It doesn't matter. Sin was designed by Satan to be a temporary thing that leaves an eternal void in your life. And what works today won't work tomorrow, especially when you run out of it or it doesn't give you the high anymore. And that's what happened to this young man right here. He found out real quick that it was all good while he was spending money and having friends. And he was, uh, you know, being very generous to the female population and having a good time in that area. But when it all died, those people left him. They didn't know who he was. This is all part of Satan's plan to kill, to steal, and to destroy. It never changes outside of those three purposes. He's always done that since the apple in the garden. He's doing it to you right now and me and people everywhere on the planet breathing. Kill still destroy he'll move them around he'll start off with trying to destroy you first and then next week he'll try to kill you or then he'll try to steal from you and make you want to kill yourself so it doesn't matter how he arranges that order 
He's always doing that to somebody everywhere. And that's what happened to this young man. He found out the money couldn't do it for him. And the good times didn't last. And now he's in the middle of a famine that he didn't see coming. Would you pardon me one minute? I'm going to keep rolling, though. Amen? And the other thing that this young man didn't see is that the famine that you walk into, it has a plan, too. And that is when you reach. I don't have any friends anymore. I'm, I'm certainly out of money. I don't have any money anymore. Uh, I, I don't even have any peace of mind anymore. And when you get to that state, what happens is that famine that's in your life. And you know what? The Holy Ghost just checked me. I'm talking to people in this building right now. I'm talking to people in this building. When you walk into that time and that season and that place of famine in your life, famine will mess with your mind. It will. Because that's why a lot of people are out of not just this church, but churches everywhere. I've told you many times at the end of service, standing at this altar, you've got to watch out for isolation. If Satan can isolate you, he can navigate you. And that's what he did. He did with this young man right here. He got him to a place where his mind could not even think straight. He was willing to go from the highest moment in his life, spending money, living a lavish lifestyle, and his mind was so messed up. I'm going to read the scripture to you again because some of you may not follow where we are right now, but I, I'm, going to, I'm going to read it for you. And now today, he's not with women. He's not living it up in the bar. He's down here with the lowest of the lowest. He's down here with the swine, with pigs. And see, when you can't think straight, you'll take anything to feel like. This is why people do not survive drugs and addiction. This is why they can't unless the Holy Ghost sets people free. You cannot get out of that kind of bondage. And it's not just with the drug environment. Because what Satan will do, he will tell you what you need to do. to get it. Famine messes with your mind. And he will say, well, listen, this is how we need to solve this problem. Let's just go party with the pigs now. Or let's try this drug. Or let's try this relationship. Or let's go buy this thing. See, Famine will always mess with your mind and you can't think straight. When you are weak, that's when Satan, during the famine season of your life, will just tell you, settle for anything. Look, it can't get no worse than that, and it always can, by the way. It can always get worse than that or this, wherever you are. It always can get worse. And so... This young man had not only fell asleep at the wheel and blew it all. He didn't wait. He squandered it all away. And he found out that living a, a sinful life would get him right into the middle of a famine. 
Uh, can I just stop for a minute? Do y'all mind if I stop for 30 seconds to give you a Bible verse that you're not going to have on the screen, but the Spirit just quickened me to share this? Because somebody might be new, or you may not realize, well, there's no way that'll happen to me. Let me give you some Bible, okay? The Bible says that sin is pleasurable for a season. That means for a little while, the Bible admits, oh, it seems like you're enjoying it, and it's good for a little while. That's what this whole parable is about. But then death and destruction come because that's what's on the other side of sin always, all the time. There's never a brighter side to sin. There's never a bright day to sin. I don't care whose name you want to bring before me. I don't care uh, what business you want to, Fortune 500, I don't care again, sports figure, entertainment, successful people, popular people, beautiful people. It doesn't matter, folks. Sin doesn't discriminate, and on the other side of sin is death. There's never light nor life involved in sin. So what happened here is when this young man fell asleep at the wheel, this scripture I told you I was going to quote to you again was actually in verse 18. I've already read it to you. But this is how we know that he's with the pigs, eating pig slop. That's what you do. You'll feed on the devil's slop, man, when you get in a bind. You will because you feel like you don't have any options. And this is how we know that a famine will always mess with your mind. Can I read verse 18 again? Good. I will arise. Wait, wait, wait. Verse 17. We got to go back and get the basis here. But when he came to himself, that's all I need to say. He was away from himself. Do you hear me? When he finally came back to himself, and if you could talk to the young man and say, hey, tell me about it. I remembered I messed up when I got my eyes on the wheel. I I remember now I should have never got my eyes. I should have honored my daddy and stayed with him. I should have honored. I should have did what the law told me to do, honor my parents. I should have done that, and I wouldn't be in this place. And so when he came to himself, what in the world? It's like you wake up, somebody that's had amnesia, and they wake up and they realize, where in the world am I? Or if you've ever had a colonoscopy and you want to accuse them of never touching you. Everybody's laughing because a lot of people know exactly what that feels like. It says to me, right? They just got me for about three grand and I know they did. Where am I? That's exactly what happened. He came back to himself. The famine had messed with his mind, told him, look. Just go, let's solve it with the pigs. And so when he came back to himself, and see, that's what has to happen. He had a wake-up call, church. And you've got to have, at some point in your life, there has to be a moment when you have a wake-up call. And he came to his senses. And the next thing you do when you realize that I've lost my mind, so to speak, And this is why a lot of people are not saved today. 
It's because, number one, I love this story because the first words out of his mouth, you read the very next scripture, was I have sinned against heaven. I love to think about the angels. See, the Bible says that when a sinner repents, that the, angel in, the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents more than 99 just people that don't need repentance. So when he said, I've sinned against heaven, he wasn't meaning the galaxies, the stars, the moon, and all that. What he was saying, there's always a great cloud of witnesses looking down on you and on me. The Father never takes his eye off of you. If he sees the sparrow when it falls, then how much more does he care for you? Because you are never, ever unnoticed by God. He's watching you every breath of your life, every day of your life. And this, this boy, this young man realized, oh, my goodness alive, I've sinned. I'm so embarrassed. I've sinned against all of heaven. See, and it's not what people can see a lot of times. The Bible says, uh, Jesus' own words, by the way, he says, the law says, whosoever committed uh, adultery, you know, you were wrong. But he said, I'm telling you this. If you look, look, look with lust, You've already committed adultery, Jesus said, in your heart. So see, you've got a great cloud of witnesses. We've got proof that the angels are rejoicing and watching. So we know angels are watching us. We know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost is always <coughs> excuse me, watching us. And so this young man realized, I've sinned against heaven. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. I'm ashamed. And I've sinned against my father. That's what salvation looks like. I just told you what it means to be saved. So you've got to come to a place where <clears throat> you're not saying the sinner's prayer because you don't want to die and go to hell. Or you need God to fix something for you. Or you need to be healed right now. Or something needs to take place in your life. No, it comes down to a, a place where you realize I've sinned against heaven. I've embarrassed myself in front of my, my mama and so many people in this church that are cheering me on, that's gone on, that's watching me. The angels, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. God, I've sinned in my heart. I've sinned in my mind. I've sinned with my body. I've sinned with my choices. I've sinned with my decisions. I've sinned with my neglect. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. That's what repentance is. And you realize, not have I just sinned against heaven, but I've sinned against the Father that loved me and gave himself for me. This is what happens when... He did, he did this, and when you and I do this, excuse me, <coughs> again, he realized that he had sinned, and this is so good, 
I've got to, you know, if I get up here and I just really hit the overdrive button and all that, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and the overdrive button is all over me right now because I see salvation all in this thing right here. And it's just eating me alive. So you just keep praying because it is like a fire shut up in my bones right now. And this young man, he came to his senses and he repented to God. He repented to the offended. And that's what you'll do when you come to your senses you will repent to God, and then, folks, I know this is not fun right here, this part right here, but you'll also repent and apologize to the offended. Can I say that once again? See, it's not just enough to say, Lord, I'm sorry, I had a falling out. I'm going to use terms that I know you use. I would say disagreement, but I'm going to say falling out. We had a falling out. Uh, I might could say we had a knockdown drag out, amen? Okay, anyway. But you got to really, and Lord, I'm sorry because, you know, I really want my prayer life to still be my prayer life. I still want to do this. I still need you to take care of that and handle that for me and give me this. So, Lord, I'm sorry that that happened. The Bible says if you know your brother has an ought against you, this is some hard preaching right here. Hard preaching right here. If you know that your brother or sister has an ought against you, take your gift, leave it at the altar. Don't present it. Leave it at the altar. Go to your brother and sister and you confess your faults one to another. I'm quoting the Bible to you today. And then you know what the Lord said? He said, then, after you fix that, then you can come back over here and you can pick this up and you can give it to me. It doesn't matter. I'm not necessarily meaning money. I'm meaning anything that you're giving to God, whether it's praise, whether it's your heart, a prayer need, whether it's a situation, that all those things is what the Scriptures is teaching us. You leave those gifts at the altar and you go over here and you do this, see, but if you don't come to your senses, if you don't realize that you've made a boo-boo in front of them, there's a people looking at you, folks. There's a whole host looking at you and looking at me all of the time. And when you don't fix things and make things right, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I've shared it with uh, Angie, I believe, and I've shared it with Derek. But when we began our fast this year, this is a month ago, so when we begin our fast January the 1st this year, our, the focus of our fast and our prayer, that whole 21-day period or whatever it is, is for, for unity of this church. It's for unity. And, and that's what it takes for us to see God do what he wants to do with us for us and through us. And so that's where the dam comes in and we run into a problem here. We, we get to, we can't figure out why the prayers don't get answered, why the needs don't get met, why the situation don't get fixed. God, I paid my tithe. I went to church. I supported everything that's going on. Yes, but 
you didn't really heartfelt repent to Almighty God enough to where it moved you to do what the Scriptures teach and command us all to do. And that's go and straighten it out and then come back. That's what the young man did. He repented when he came to his senses. And maybe your prayer needs to be, God, get me back to my senses today. I'm still settling for swine food. And there's, there's better food than that. There's better provisions than that. There's, there's better anointing than that, than eating and feeding and wallowing with the pigs. God's got cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. He owns it all, and if it wasn't in existence, I've always said God could make it for you if he had to make it. So come to your senses, whatever you have to do today to do that. Swallow it if it's pride, if it's eating crow, whatever way you want to term it and say, God, I'm sorry, and then go straighten it out and come back and watch what God will do in your life because I'm going to tell you what he'll do. So he said, he arose and his came to his, his senses, and then he went to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, you got to listen to this timeline here. Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. In the sight of heaven, that's sight, folks. And in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said, not to him, but to his servant. And this is where I'm hitting the overdrive button because you have to know this today. All the father is wanting you to do is just come to him, get your senses back, and come to him and the father won't even waste time letting you tell him how sorry you are. He'll just turn to the servants. He'll turn to the angels and say, okay, now you can go fix that situation. Now you can go open that door. Now you can go and turn that around for them because they've done the right thing, and that's what happened right here. He turned to his servant. He said, come, bring him a robe. Bring him a ring, put sandals on his feet, go kill the fatted calf because my son that was dead is now alive again. So we're going to be merry. We're going to rejoice and we're going to enjoy restoration. The father never answered the son. He was just waiting on him. He had it all laid out. He already knew what he was going to do. God already knows what he's going to do for you when you come to him. And I just want to tell you, in Psalm 86, two, two scriptures almost say the same thing. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Plenteous in mercy. Verse 15 said, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. You know, the highlight of this whole story for me, and this is where it always gets to me, 
when I think about it. But in order, let me read it. I can't do this without reading this. And he arose, verse 20, and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. I want to tell you today, there's no way possible that that father could just at the exact time get off, off a recliner or a couch and say, well, today I think I'll go see if Junior is going to come home today. That story is telling you and it's telling me that that father had to spend every waking moment of his day to look to see because the Bible says it, it wasn't a, a last-minute thing, but the father looked, 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 looked. Day one, day two, week one, week two, week three, month one, month two, month three, month four. He kept looking and looking. And when the sun was a long way off, a long way off, the father saw him because the father, since the time the boy left, in sin, the father had his eye on him, watching for him to come home. Since the time you've been up to no good, you've kept bitterness, or you've kept lust, or you've kept greed, or you've kept hurt, or anything else you can think of. The whole time you've been running with that, and you've been holding on to that, and enjoying that, or being beat to death by it, the father's been waiting to see, maybe this Sunday she'll come home. Maybe today he'll come home and come Come to his senses and quit playing games with me. Maybe today they'll get it together and just cast their care on me. Maybe today I can look from heaven and I can see that I'm going to be able to tell the angels to go take care of these things in their life. Maybe today the Father's looking today, folks. He's looking all across this church. He's looking online. He's looking. He's looking to see maybe this is going to be the day when you, he's never, he never takes his eye off of you, remember? And God's looking right now to see everywhere, are you going to let him do it? Are you going to let God fulfill what he wants to fulfill in your life? Are you going to let God, hallelujah, complete the good work? in your life that he started are you going to do it and you got to be careful because this is the time of year when that's the last thing that's on your mind before we end our broadcast today i just want to ask you a simple question do you know jesus christ not do you go to church not do you have a cross in your home but do you know jesus christ as your personal savior meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner and you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath and for that you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ if you haven't done that that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about it's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question. Are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. 
and you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-400-1199. Listen. We'd like to help you out on your journey, and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you, and if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, We will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now, and that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.